Welcome, welcome to Extra AF. This is our July episode. What? Year's halfway <laughs> over, but it also feels like a decade. I'm Kina. And I'm Natalie, and I'm just waiting for the aliens to invade. Yeah, we need like a bingo card, like apocalyptic bingo. Nessie was trending on Twitter yesterday, and I was like, I didn't call that one. Like, I was just, <laughs> didn't see that coming. I don't know. I looked at the picture. I, I think it looks like a manatee. And I'm like, we're how did a manatee get to Scotland? I don't know. I think it's photoshopped. Oh, climate change? Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, we've made it. It's, it, I mean, it's another month. So that's always a uh, plus in this. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, we have our chat up with our Patreon, and we got it. I'm waiting on Godzilla. <laughs> that's uh, accurate. It's fair. Yeah. As much radiation that's in those island areas, I would not. Isn't that where Godzilla came from? It's like all the experimental radiation in the back in the day. No. Oh. I haven't done research, <laughs> but according to my nerdy boyfriend... I think, I can't remember. I don't know if it's like the story or just one of the stories I was told. Like the Godzilla is supposed to be one of the ancients of Earth's and same with like Mothra or like the Titans of Earth, basically. And Godzilla is our protector against the other Titans, really. Okay. Yeah. That sounds familiar too. I think there was like some version where he was like radiation or something. Maybe I made that up. I don't know. Well, in the newer ones, I think he takes in radiation and whatnot, and that's, like, kind of his blast. Like, that's why the newest movies, he glows blue. I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. What was it, Bikini Island, that they did all the detonation? I think it is. Yeah, there's a bomb. Co- or there's a book called Bombs Over Bikini, and it's over about that island, and they would detonate all the nuclear bombs there. Anyway, we're so glad you guys sent us some stories for this month. And uh, we always need more, so we'll say it at the end of the episode, too. But send us stuff, please, please, and thank you. Yeah, July. Happy birthday, America. What else happens in July? Uh, We're doing a Christmas in July gift exchange for Patreon, so if you want to get in on that fun, fun exchange with Patreon. I'm really excited about it. A little joy in our lives in these dark, dark times. So it's a no-pressure thing, like... Because I know, I know money's tight right now, too. So Yeah, and that's what I put on the Patreon side. I'm like, literally, you could make something, and I guarantee the person would love it so much. I know I would. Like, Especially I'm our little community. I think yeah. we're all very pro. Yeah, pro like money. Bot counts. Really excited. But yeah, what, we're like halfway through the year? Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't tell you what happened in January. Hopefully, by the time this actually comes out on the first, nothing horrible's happened. Now, this is my fear with us. Wasn't that Yeah, it was Australian. <laughs> That's what January was. Oh god, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love how that like the level of sinking. Yeah, I just got the visual of that one. But yeah. That's, that's my fear now that we're recording everything so early. <laughs> like, by the time it comes out, something else horrible is going to happen. Like, if Godzilla shows up and we don't mention it, we like, what? This is back past us when we were happily, blissfully naive. Oh, man. All right. Well, I'll kick us off. So, my mom sent me a ghost story today. Ooh. And I was really excited. It's a spoiler alert. This will go into a future episode. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you which one. So, anyway. 
says, my grandparents lived next door to us. When my grandmother passed away, I moved into their house and my grandfather moved in with my parents. Soon after I moved in, I would come home and find the TV was on. At first, I thought I'd forgotten to turn it off. One day, I was in front. Uh, I was at the front door talking to my mother when the TV turned on by itself. It turned on to Days of Our Lives, <laughs> which was my grandmother's favorite soap opera. Ugh, I mean, that thing's been on forever. That soap, I remember mm-hmm. it as a kid. Days of Our Lives? Oh, yeah, it's still going. Yeah. yeah. And it was uh, my, her, not mine, her grandmother's favorite soap opera. At the end of the show, the TV turned itself off. <laughs> it also came on during wrestling. <laughs> Like, what a what a great grandma. She loved Days of Our Lives and wrestling on the weekends. That's just fun. Grandma loved watching those, especially when Gorgeous George was on. Oh, that's yeah. kind of sweet. I know I ooh. Oh no, I accidentally gave my mom, my mom the angry face. Hold on, how do you read <laughs> You know the react thing? I accidentally reacted angry to that. Let, let, let me center a thing. I'm not mad at you. Whoops. I hate that. Once I sell it, like someone, I sent someone an image of something that I designed mm-hmm. and sent me a critique of it. And <laughs> it was a fair critique. I'm actually sending them a thumbs down. Oh. <laughs> I hate <laughs> that so bad. I get so much inside. What's that is that person didn't like know me super well at this point. I'm like, I did not mean that at all. Please. And luckily they laughed it off and they're like, they completely understood, but still, it was very nerve wracking. <laughs> Where's that gorgeous George? I know I'm dating myself there. Oh. LOL. Apparently you can change it if you hold it down. Oh, well, I tried that. Anyway, you can at your mom and read the story. <laughs> Like a fucking old person. What does this do? The book of the faces. Okay. So she liked gorgeous George. I know I'm dating myself there. LOL. You're so fun, mom. Anyway, I do believe that my grandmother was still there wanting to watch her shows. I never sat in her favorite chair so she could sit and watch TV. It never scared me at all. She was the most loving person in my life. If the TV came on, I would talk to her and sit and watch with her. A while later, my aunt and uncle got the TV. I asked my aunt once if the TV ever turned on by itself, but it hadn't for them. I always believed that grandma was there with me during that time. Oh, I never got to meet my great grandmother. So I love these stories. Anyway, I thought that was a really sweet little story. My mom has so many of them. So many ghost stories. And a lot of them she didn't tell me until recently about, like, the house we grew up in. Because I used to be convinced it was haunted. And she'd be like, no, it's not. Go to bed. And now she's like, oh, yeah, it was totally haunted. <laughs> like, why did you make me feel like I was crazy? I don't know. I wouldn't want to tell a child either so they could go to sleep. Yeah. I remember, I think the one time I remember something happening was, you know how you go to bed and you close your eyes and sometimes you, like, open your eyes? So, like, when I close my eyes, all the lights in the house would be off. And then when I'd open them, the light in the laundry room was on. And I was like, oh, fuck that. And I think I was, like, a teenager at this point. I ran in there and woke them up. I'm like, the light turned on by itself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mom says she walked in there. She's like, stop it. You're scaring Keena. And it never happened again. So, I was like, what a badass mom going in there and you telling that ghost off. Uh, yeah, she says stuff like that happen all the time. And I was like, because she used to tell me, she's like, it can't be haunted, Kina. This house isn't that old. And now she's like, oh, it was probably totally haunted. It's like, thanks. Cool. <laughs> That's too funny. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Next one. 
Sure. Okay, so this is from Morgan. And it says, hello, my weird apartment story per request. It's a long story and I'm so sorry. I included a long background at the end in case anyone's interested. In 2015, I moved into a college apartment off campus that was four bedrooms, four bathrooms, and a kitchen living room. And it was shared between me and three randomly selected roommates. None of us really talked much, so we never really explored much of the apartment other than our own rooms and the common area. There were a lot of doors lining a long hallway, and I always assumed the doors were all their rooms and bathrooms. I happened to get the one room in the apartment with the bathroom inside my bedroom and never really thought much of anyone else's situation or the other rooms in the apartment. That sounds reasonable. Yeah. When my original roommates moved out at the end of the school year, I was the only one who renewed my lease. I lived there for two months alone before the next ones moved in. I got nosy and my friends and I walked into the other rooms to check out their layouts. And that was the only door that was locked. I assumed they just left it locked when they moved and figured maintenance would fix it. One day, my roommate happened to walk into my room to borrow something and goes, wait, your bathroom is in here? And we both found out that we had each assumed the door directly across from mine belonged to each other. We asked our other roommates if that was anyone else's bathroom. And they all said no and that they and that no one knew what that room was. We tried the door and it was locked. The weird thing was I frequently saw the light in that room on at late hours of the night. Oh, and no. on for several hours. No. Some high maintenance in there. Okay, what right. is happening in there? And then it'd be off by morning. I got up very early for work, so it was really strange that it would have been on at midnight and then off by four or five in the morning. Or sometimes it would be on when I left for work and off when I got back. The timing was random, and it never bothered me when I thought it was one of the bathrooms because they had a habit of leaving lights on. We really didn't like each other much, so we avoided the common areas. (laughs) I know how that feels. And you went straight to our rooms. Even avoided leaving sometimes for a few minutes if I heard they were out in the main area. So it made sense that none of us really knew which bathrooms were whose. Ah, oh, college roommates, am I right? <laughs> Back to the story. We need to know. Yeah. What's the locked room? Okay, so we finally got to open the door to the room over a year after I moved in. It was a long time. And we were all super freaked out since it was so late and some mysterious strong smell brought us seemingly right to the room. Then we opened the door. It got worse. Our apartment was built in 2012. This was 2015. And it was very modern with modern light switches, wood floors, and beige walls. Uh, When we opened the door, the room looked super old. The walls were off-white. The room was dirty. There were no windows. And creepiest of all, the light was an Edison-style exposed light bulb with a pool stream. No light switch. That makes no sense at all. Well, makes me think of like an old-school closet that they just didn't redo. Yeah, but is it like a brand? Did she just say that it's a brand new building or did they redo? Yeah, the no, it was, it was a new building, but 
I don't know. This made things so much worse because no one could have accidentally or intentionally turning the light on and off from outside the room using a switch somewhere else in the apartment. The lack of windows also blew one of my theories that it was a window somehow allowing in some sort of light from outside. That makes sense because the street lights, you know? Yeah, yeah. We were super freaked out at this point, so we closed it back and just let it go. The next morning, oh, you were. I very bravely, if I do say so myself, tried to open it to take a photo and it was locked again. I got the fuck out of there. And <laughs> yes. <away>. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's what you do. You run. No. I was stuck in a lease, so I couldn't leave, but I spent 90% of my time at my boyfriend's house, work, or back at home because nope. <laughs> We asked the front desk and they had no answers as to what the room was for or what was the locked unlocked or the lights situation. Honestly, every theory is creepier than the next. If if it was a ghost creepy, if it was a maintenance man in our apartment. Ooh, yeah, that's even, I don't know what's scarier, like dead person or creepy maintenance dude just hanging out in a closet. The maintenance man, because that's pretty much 100% real. True. Also, like, why <laughs> is he in there? Why is he, like, I, I'm just thinking heavy breathing. <laughs> like, I don't know. It sounds girl. like a dark room to develop all of his photos of killing people. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, I still don't know. Also, someone asked if it could be a prank from my roommates. Not really. I had three randomly selected roommates my first year and three completely different ones the next. Well, especially because you didn't talk either. Like, if you don't talk to your roommates, they're not going to do the energy, exert the energy to prank you. That's, that's, ew. I just don't like how old it sounds for being such a new building. For that run room to be like really dated and old and grungy, that's mm-hmm. that's gross. Do you want to read the extra background? Sure. Does it clear up anything? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't think so. I don't know. We'll find out. At my dad's house that I stayed in when we had a bunch of weird experiences, one night we were watching a movie and heard a loud crash upstairs. We rewinded the movie. I love it. <laughs> We uh, rewinded the movie and it wasn't something in the scene. So we went to look and absolutely nothing was out of place. Another time I was laying in bed watching a movie in the dark and my light just turned on by itself. Another time I was sitting in, a, in my room doing homework late at night and something slammed down on my door handle from the outside. Oh, no. I opened my door to yell at my dad for scaring me, but the house was pitch black and everyone was asleep. No, 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 no. It was just the two of us and my friend living there. And all three of us were walking from upstairs when no one else was home. Once my dad called me and asked me why I was ignoring him because he was clearly, he clearly heard me walking and closed doors upstairs. I was out of town with my friend that lived there. So no one was at home. So he heard all this noise and no one was home. No. <laughs> when I go to my aunt's house, weird stuff happens too. Honey, I uh, think it's you. It's a following you. <laughs> it's a common denominator. I was house sitting and walking out of the shower without my glasses along 
down a long hallway and passing my cousin's room. I saw a large black mass half in and half out of his room and then several more inside. I got brave and checked later and nothing would have given that appearance. They seemed very solid, nothing like real shadows. The next day I was sitting on the couch and the dog moved to the hall and started barking like crazy and wouldn't let go. Then I heard her from down the hall (laughs) and I thought it was the cat, but the cat was next to me. No, (laughs) the dog wouldn't give it a rest, but wouldn't go down the hall either, which is weird for her. I never told my cousins because they're young. The oldest told me recently he's also seen unexplainable black masses in his room and he thinks I give off bad vibes. He's an angsty 18 because (laughs) these things only happen when I've been around. The light in my new car also frequently turns oh, itself no. to rather than the door. You and the door thing, I always leave it at, which it couldn't do by itself because it has to move the whole switch two oh. settings over. If the parking garage I park in for work, after about two weeks of parking there, the light directly above where I park nightly started flickering. <laughs> No. Oh my God. It has been, it has been ever since. I've always had a weird thing with lights, apartment, my dad's car, garage. Anyways, my family jokes that I have a demon that follows me around. And honestly, it started as jokes, but it actually does freak some of them out now. I'm indifferent to it, you know, at an extent at this point, it's never harmed me. That's valid. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely <laughs> something attached to you. But I know, like, my aunt always had, like, a lot of experiences. And then when it escalated to a point that it was, like, it pushed her one time and almost pushed her off a porch. It was, it was like, a whole thing. But anyway, she went to a priest, and they said that ignoring it and not giving it power is what keeps you safe. Because when you give it power, that's what makes it more dangerous. So yep. you keep your it-doesn't-bother-me mentality I'll give no fucks and maybe you'll be okay. Or you should just, you know, get some sage and some some priests. I don't know. What do you do for these kind of things? <laughs> I have no idea. This is out of my element. But that yeah. is questionable. Like so much has happened. That is very scary. But I do admire your calmness. <laughs> if everywhere I went, weird shit like happened, happened i think i'd be a little bit less calm yeah demons scare me us nope like i'm not catholic i have rosaries because i don't fuck with demons you should get a rosary get some sage some holy water befriend a hot priest i don't know just (laughs) god that's really scary i am glad you're cool with it i would not be (laughs) my level at that point you should get used to it really yeah i guess and if it never harmed her, just like, okay. <laughs> oh, we have a comment from Natalie. There's a historical Catholic mission near my work and you can buy holy water. I would be chugging that stuff. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah, we have the missions here in San Antonio and they got the holy water. But not right now because of COVID. They've drained all the holy water so that people don't spread germs. But, That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I just... 
Like, it's my weird thing. I collect rosaries from Gothic cathedrals. I just think they're so beautiful. I appreciate the history and I love the art. Like, every rosary is different. And especially the crosses have, like, a particular design to them for each cathedral. I just love them. But, I don't know. Zeke's been making fun of me lately. Just, because, like, weird shit's been happening in our house. Like, lights turning on and, like things falling over and there's been some banging and he'll be like, it's a ghost. And I'm like, don't bring this shit in our house. <laughs> don't call it that. So he's like, it's a demon. And I'm like, no. So yes, I would also bathe in holy water. Yes. yes, yes. All right. So a few months ago, so what may we had a email from Adam. <laughs> it's just I know. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, no. <laughs> We're in July now. We're in the future now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're like, God damn it, Kita. Okay, so he said it's the first story, and that's the like true crimey one. And then there was a second story. So we're going to do that one today. And it's a, quote, pure ghostly awesomeness. So here we go. Oh, God, he's doing the dentist thing again. I know. I wasn't going to say anything, but I have a little shop of horse in my head, though. <laughs> I don't know what he does so that oh he's cutting metal. Yeah, he's grinding and cutting yeah. stuff. I just heard it fall to the ground. Uh, me too. <laughs> yeah. I care. You need to soundproof his room or soundproof yours. I know. I I have all the doors closed, but it's not helping. All right. So my grandfather loved cars. My parents bought his house when I was five and we helped move them out. We moved 16 motor blocks out of the basement and 28 motor blocks out of the garage and backyard. That is like a lot of motors. And those aren't small. I've learned that since marrying this dude. He loved cars and loved is in all caps. Working on them, tinkering with them, always tweaking them and made them run better, which inevitably made them run worse. (laughs) (laughs) He died of leukemia when I was 13. Aww. Now, Grandpa lived in Florida when he died, and I lived nowhere near Florida. But for the next five years, living with my parents, I would see his ghost almost daily, puttering around the garage, working on my dad's cars. Dad thought it was a lemon, but it was really Grandpa fixing it. It was never malicious. He just did what he did in life. And how could I bring that up to my father? BT dubs, (laughs) your dead father is the reason your car sucks, not because it's (laughs) Hyundai. (laughs) oh sorry that's funny or hyundai hyundai how do people say that is my hit coming out i don't know i'm more self-conscious about how i pronounce things now (laughs) (laughs) i asked my brother about it once he's 12 years younger he said he used to see grandpa too after i moved out my parents still live in that house and i look for him from time to time but i haven't seen him in oh 15 years Still, it's nice to think that he might still be there, just puttering around the garage, slowly wrecking my father's vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. And then he says, I'll share one more. This one's pure true crime. Ooh. But I've been working as a private investigator for about two to three years now. What? So now we know two private investigators. <laughs> and awesome. I specialize in finding lost kids. Mostly my job is tracking down runaways and bringing them back either home or to child social services, but I'll get a kidnapping case every once in a while. 
This case came to me last year, just before Christmas. A young woman around 17, African-American, inner city kid goes missing. Because of racism, the cops aren't prior oh my God, prioritizing. That's not a word that I said, prioritizing the case. So the family did a GoFundMe to pay for a PI. My boss at the agency passed it to me and I did the case pro bono. Did some basic legwork, talked to the family, friends, neighbors. I went to her school. We'll call her Raina. She had a 4.2 GPA, never missed a day of school unless she was taking care of her sick grandmother. And even then she made up all her work. Her friends and family thought the sun rose and set with her. And I was beginning to agree. She seemed like an amazing kid. Cops said that she was a runaway. Family said no. I got my first lead when I started talking to the teacher. She had one teacher she was especially close to, her biology teacher. We'll call him Mr. Gufferman. All the other teachers said that Rena was their favorite. And the assistant principal, who was also Mr. Gufferman's ex-wife, stated that he seemed to have a more than appropriate interest in her. And I chatted with Mr. Gufferman and he gave me his alibi, which seemed to check out at first. <laughs> he had been working with another teacher grading papers that night the night that she disappeared the other teacher we'll call her mrs johnson verified now as a pi i can't get things like subpoenas or court orders and we in no way can break laws under any circumstances to gather evidence someone broke into mr government's house while he was on a teaching retreat and borrowed his personal laptop that person may or may not have given that laptop to a friend of theirs who was surprisingly adept at cracking the cybersecurity. <laughs> I see you. That laptop may or may not have contained private bank records showing that Mr. Government had transferred $10,000 to Ms. Johnson the night before Raina's disappearance. Holy shit balls. Then that laptop somehow found its way back to Mr. Government's home before he returned home from his retreat. Wow. Yowza. So however that information was obtained, I cannot really say, but it did find its way to me. Funny how rumors work. <laughs> <laughs> I dug into Mrs. Johnson a little bit. Turns out she, a very young teacher at 22, had a PhD in child psychology and crushing, I mean, crushing student loan debt and a past due amount equaling $9,947.32. Ooh. An anonymous tipster clued in the police and subpoenaed Mr. Government's bank records and Mrs. Johnson's financials. Once they did this, they questioned Mrs. Johnson, who admitted that Mr. Government had bribed her to verify his alibi. But see, the arrest and questioning of Ms. Johnson was public knowledge and spread like wildfire through the school. So an enterprising youngish PI might take this opportunity to keep an eye on and follow one Mr. Government, which I did. He left the school early after the police took Miss Johnson in for questioning and followed him home where he spent 10 minutes changing and grabbing what I could only describe as a go bag. I then followed him <laughs> to a second location, a piece of private property I had later learned was owned by Mr. Government's grandfather that had lain empty for the past 20 years. Now, a lot of these stories end badly. I can't say this one ends perfectly, but there is hope. I followed Mr. Government into the decrepit old shack on the property and found Raina, badly beaten and abused, but very much alive. Holy shit balls! Wow. Oh, good lord. 
Oh, my God. The details of Mr. Gufferman's injuries are a matter of public record, but I maintain that he fell onto my fists, tried to stab me, and then fell onto my fists two or three more dozen times. (laughs) 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 Ah, The the balls were hard. Oh, he ran into my knife. He ran into my knife 12 times. Oh, either way, the police arrest the government and he awaits trial in a federal lockup as we speak. Raina was returned to her family and is recovering as best she can. I made her family keep the GoFundMe money and use it to pay Raina's medical bills and some therapy because, and pardon my language, that will fuck up a kid. Yes. Anybody. Yeah. She texts me periodically just to check in, calls me her guardian polar bear because I'm a big fuzzy white guy. (laughs) (laughs) I think I love you, Adam. You're my new friend. Okay. She'll be okay. Government will not be. And that is a win for the good guys. Sorry this got long. Hope it helps. Let me know if you use any of it. That does help because I have a little faith in fuzzy polar bears now. Yes, you've just made my day. We were both really sad. And now I'm just like, there's hope in humanity. Just the fact that you, you know, helped and you didn't take the money. And, you know, I'm I'm not saying you did or did not have anything to do with that laptop disappearing. But I don't care. Found like this is amazing. I we love you. We stand you. Is that what the young people say? We stand Adam. Wow. Yeah, you stand isn't Stan a thing? Yeah, you got the K-pop stands. I know Twitter. <laughs> I guess I need to get on Twitter. <laughs> wow, you're remarkable. I'm so glad she's okay. And I just oh, my heart, my heart's warming up a bit. Oh, so thank you, Adam. These were great stories. That was really good. I know, I'm so good. <laughs> anyway, that makes me happy. Yes. Unless the show will go on. So the next one is Jeff Jeff. This is oh. the legend of the Indian paintbrush. Ooh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. And he's like, I know it's blue bonnet season and and all, <laughs> but I like that story. Oh, and so what we have here is a link. So let me click on it. Oh, and it's like from a children's book. So cool. It's the legend of the Indian paintbrush. By Tommy DePola. Sure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know things. Anyways, the legend of the Indian paintbrush retells an old Texas legend of how the beautiful Indian paintbrush flower came into existence. In the story, a small Native American boy named Little Gopher worries because he is smaller than other boys and unable to run, shoot, and ride with them. But a wise shaman tells him not to worry. He has his own talents. A few years later, when Little Gopher is on a hill thinking about becoming a man, he has a day, a dream vision in which an old man and a young maiden tell him that he is to record the events of his tribe so that people will remember them forever. They show him the tools he is to use and directs him to find them in preparation for the day that he would paint a picture that is as pure as the colors in the evening sky. He immediately set about looking for and making the materials he needed and then started to paint pictures of great hunts 
and great deeds, but he could never find the vibrant paint colors he needed to paint a beautiful, bright sunset. Finally, one night, he heard a voice telling him that tomorrow would be the day he could paint the evening sky and that the paints would be provided for him. When he went to his special painting spot, he found brushes filled with paint sticking out of the ground. In the illustration, it looks like flowers. So with those brushes, he painted a beautiful sunset painting. The next morning, the people awoke to find the countryside covered with color and the paint brushes had taken roots and turned into yellow, red, and orange flowers. The people rejoiced and when the flowers arrived each spring, the little gopher was thenceforth called he who brought the sunset to the earth. Oh, that's so sweet. It is. Oh, I love that so much. It's just so sweet. I like it. Like, you don't have to play basketball, little Timmy. You can also paint. <laughs> like, that's a. But you can do I anything. That. I just no love American cultures where they like everybody has a purpose, and it doesn't matter if you're the biggest kid or the littlest kid. There's always something, like, you have a purpose, and you'll be amazing at it once you find it. I just love it so much. It's so sweet. Oh, these are all so heartwarming. I hope I don't ruin it with, like, the next story. <laughs> okay. So, this is from Beth. She says, hello, all... Uh, that was a weird way I said that. Hello, all. In May, you talked about the railroad tracks in San Antonio that are haunted, and you asked me for more about the donkey lady, and how could I refuse? The story of the donkey lady, as it's known, is part ghost story, part urban legend, and part cryptozoology mystery. There are many different versions of the tale. Here are the basics. A woman was trapped in a house fire. Some versions say that her husband started the fire and that she was trapped inside with her kids. Yet others mark the culprit as a young, rich kid who was hassled by the woman's donkey. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) No, I read that right. A young, rich kid who was hassled by the woman's donkey. So a mob of young man's affluent friends set fire to the barn and the woman was burned trying to save the donkey. In either case, she was horribly mutilated in the fire. Her fingers were melted down to stumps. Oh, God. That's horrific. Creating hoof-like appendages. And the skin on her face was charred and gave her a face and an elongated donkey-like appearance. Grieving the loss of her children and the betrayal of her husband, she haunts the Elm Creek area of South San Antonio and torments those who try to cross Donkey Lady Bridge. Named after, you guessed it, the donkey lady people have reported hearing strange noises and there's even reports of a figure jumping on the hood of people's cars leaving odd oh my god hoof like dents no i've never been to that bridge but i'm also a big wuss (laughs) y'all can go (laughs) let us know how it goes thank you love the pod y'all are great beth um (laughs) i i I don't know how i feel about I, i don't know I don't want I don't want a donkey lady on my hood of my car. I'm not brave enough for that. Just seems like a very uh intense situation. I haven't been to that bridge yet. I need to go. I don't go to South San Antonio often though. I've heard and they do a thing on Halloween where you can like call the donkey lady and I 
I'm glad you sent that in because I didn't really know who she was. All right. Ready for the next one? Yes. Cool. This is from Mary Kate. And yeah, the Mary Kate. <laughs> I went to grad school with her. She just defended her thesis. So she is officially a master's student graduate. Cool. It says, I found this article on a on the Mississippi Plantations and Historic Buildings Facebook group and wanted to share this because it was spooky AF. <laughs> so it comes with a link. And if I click on that, it's titled, The Mississippi House is Among the Most Haunted Places in the Nation. Oh. Notoriously, haunted sites are plentiful in Mississippi, but did you know one of the nation's most haunted houses is located right here in Magnolia State? Nope. Dubbed the Mississippi House. The small town home is no stranger to spooky occurrences. In fact, the eerie happenings that have taken place in the house have inspired several paranormal investigations, as well as a documentary, which will be released in a couple of weeks. And this Article was written April 25th of 2020. So by the time this is coming out, maybe the documentary actually has already released. So there you go. Let's see. Paranormal investigators John Bullard and Brad Cooney were the first to start studying the home with Bullard beginning his investigation about a decade ago and Cooney joining in four years later. Together, the two men have been meticulously investigating the home hoping to solve one of the most disturbing haunted house case. About two years ago, Bulliard and Cooney called in Steve um, Gonsolves and Kendall Welton, who are most known for their work on the show Ghost Hunters, to document the findings in the house in between. Never before has a haunted house been continuously studied for a 10-year period. So the documentary is stated to be a paranormal game changer. Wow. They even have a movie trailer. Ooh, that's that's legit then. It's scheduled to release May 5th, so it should already be out. Oh. Huh. I recommend giving this a check out. Find out about the Mississippi Haunted House. Cool. Skimming over this, it seems like a lot of the happenings in the home was kind of your basic stuff. The owner, Alice, saw lots of like random strange things like doors opening and slamming on their own and mysteriously disappearing and then reappearing like random items. Initially, she she learned to cope with the bizarre happenings, but it changed when she saw a large tunnel of light going from ceiling to floor. After that, Alice fled the home and sought the help of the paranormal professionals. Like you do. Yeah. I ain't by myself. I need backup. (laughs) (laughs) No thanks. So thank you, Mary-Kate. I will look that up. Yeah. Give that a try. All right. So one more? Yeah. That's good. All right, so this is from Frankie. He says, hey, maybe you should look into the ape caves and why they are called thus. Very fancy writing, Frankie. Thus. (laughs) The Mount St. Helens Ape Cave. The ape cave in Gifford Pinchot, oh God, Pinchot, 
I think National Forests went unnoticed for about 2,000 years. Then in 1951, Larry Johnson of Amboy, Washington, was logging in the area when he discovered an entrance to the Lava Tube Cave, which was, at the time, almost completely blocked with vegetation and timber growth. Johnson then related the find to the Harry Reese family, and they investigated and explored what is now the Ape Cave. Why is it called the Ape Cave? Harry Reese and the scoutmaster of the Boy Scout troop called the Apes so named it because their interest in the legend of Mount St. Helens and its Native American tales of the old Sasquatch. Thus, the cave they explored in the years was tagged Ape Cave after the scout troop of the day. Contrary to a published Bigfoot book, the 1924 Fred Beck story in Ape Canyon was not the motivation. Oh my, motivation? That's not even a word motivation for naming the 1951 ape cave the canyon story was on the other side of the mammoth mountain from the ape cave the scouts were influenced by the native americans and their campfire stories which did not include fred beck but rather focused on native encounters with what they perceived was the mountains hairy apes of the 1950s there are no stories to support the notion that sasquatches ever inhabited the ape cave that's disappointing where are the sasquatches if they're not in a cave where are they The cave itself was formed 2,000 years ago. What is now a cave was once a stream bed. The eruption from the mountain's summit filled the gully with lava, which did not harden consistently. As the outward part of the flow cooled and hardened, the inner strand kept moving out of the bottom of the cave. The lava flowed for three to six months, resulting in the cave as we know it today. A 12,810 feet in its longest, oh my god, it's the longest formation in North America of its kind. That's really long, 12,000 feet. <laughs> Walls averaged 30 feet thick. The forest grew up and over the main entrance until it was discovered by Lawrence Larry Johnson in 19... 19- Murray! Excuse you. In 1951. <laughs> in a roundabout way, it is indeed named after legendary Sasquatch by way of Boy Scout troop named the Apes. According to Native American legend, these apes were elusive Sasquatch. And this says, copyright Bobby Short, Mount St. Helens, Ape Cave, 1985. Nice. <laughs> nice. I like a good Sasquatch story. If you're really into Sasquatches, I highly, or Bigfoot, that's almost the same thing to me. Um, I highly recommend Mystery Science Theater because they do a movie about it. And that's one of my favorites of their episodes. <laughs> uh, I just love that, like, Every region has their own version of a Bigfoot or Sasquatch. And I just find that really interesting. It's kind of unlike some other cryptids. You know, there's not like a whole lot of evidence. But I'm like, if every single culture essentially has a version of that, there has to be some truth to it. Even though they're all called different things. I would like to think that they they probably died out because humans are garbage. But I, I would like to think at some point. Because even my hometown, like Yellville, has stories of a Bigfoot. And then once, you know, the city's built up, they disappear. And you get the skunk ape in Florida and the Sasquatches up north. uh, And the Yetis and the cold. There's got to be something to it. Most of these cultures didn't even, like, talk to each other or communicate. Anyhow, that's fun. Well, anyway, thanks, guys, for joining us for our July episode. Please send us your stories for next month. The big August. 
Adam. <laughs> Thanks for sharing your rink ski stories. That's awesome. What? I know. You're like a big damn hero. Like, that's insane. I don't know. I just, I appreciate everyone's those. Yeah. It's just cool to hear. Yeah, we love it. So if you have a story, a legend or a ghost story or a true crime story or just like something historical you want to share, send it to historicalafpod at gmail.com and we will read it on one of our future episodes. Damn it, Zeke. You should put that in the thing. Like that should be like, damn it, Zeke. Cut. Damn it. I know. I feel like he does this on purpose. Oh, you're recording tonight? There's something I have to build. Um, right now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next month. And uh, yeah, take care of yourselves. And hopefully we make it to Don't August. die. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully 2020 is a son of a bitch. So hopefully we make it to next month. Yeah. And everyone watch V for Vendetta. Because apparently yeah. it's place in this year. And I'm wondering what's going to happen on the 5th of November. Was it like a prophecy? That's also my sister's birthday. That'd be really shitty to have your birthday on the like end of the world. I mean, there is that theory. There's that theory. People are like, the Maya calendar was wrong. It says that this is the year it's supposed to end, which is a fun yeah. theory. But like, I've read that calendar and that's not what it says. <laughs> so cool theory. Not real. No. Yeah. It's just fun. That one's fun. Translations are weird. So a lot of the things people are like, it's the end of the world. Like it's just the end of the calendar cycle, which just means it resets. It doesn't mean it's the end of the world. But it's been a long time since I took that class, but it was really interesting. Fun fact, I uh took that class in college and it was really fucking hard because you had to learn how to read the Maya calendar and Maya numbers are just dots and dashes and it's really fucking hard so when i was a librarian i was like oh yeah i'm gonna have my professor come up here and talk about the maya calendar because it was 2012 the world was supposed to end and so he came and he taught the exact same lesson he did in my college class and those teenagers got it faster than anybody in my college class they picked up the maya number system faster than any of us including me and i was really upset about it (laughs) it's like how did you get that so fast it was a uh, humbling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my numbers are hard. Anyway, we'll see you guys next month. Okay, bye. Bye, Zeus. <laughs>